0: Hi, my name is Sarah Rachel Brown. I'm a 30-something-year-old woman, and I live in Philadelphia. I'm a contemporary jeweler. And like many others, I am an artist trying to make a living. On this podcast, I am going to broach the subject of value. I'll be talking to studio artists and performers, educators and administrators, and anyone else attempting to combine their creative endeavors with how they get a paycheck. Welcome. It's another episode of Perceived Value, and I'm Sarah Rachel Brown, a person who is very comfortable with self-promotion. If I have an upcoming event, Believe me, you're going to hear about it. So I have the self-promotion thing down, except for the fact that I'm really dropping the ball when it comes to promoting ways that you all, my listeners, can support the podcast. And it doesn't have to be financially. If you can't spare the cash, which I totally get, the best way you can support perceived value is by rating and reviewing on iTunes. It's quite important and helps others find the podcast and also makes me look good to potential sponsors. If you do have some disposable income and are loving my work with the podcast, become my patron on Patreon. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash perceived value. And you can sign up to donate whatever amount you wish. So how it works is that every time I publish an episode your card on file automatically gets charged. I publish about two episodes a month, any more than that, and I don't charge you. Well, lately, actually, you know what? It's been about one a month the past few months because your girl has been on the road, but you get it. Find out more on my support page at proceedvalue.com and a huge thank you to my two new patrons, Sam, Liliana, you guys are the best and your support is going to help me pay for the desk I'm currently sitting at while recording. So thank you. As I said, January, whew, it was filled with lots of travels and I am not slowing down quite yet. Baltimore, I am coming at you the weekend of February 22nd. It's the American Craft Council show taking place at the Convention Center, and the Baltimore Jewelry Center is sponsoring Perceived Value to make the trip down. We're still hashing out all the details, so your best bet is to follow me on social media at Perceived Value or at Sarah Rachel Brown, and I will share the details of the event the moment they are confirmed. Or you can check out my new fancy events page at perceivedvaluepodcast.com because I am all over the place in the coming months, and I want you to know about it. A few weeks ago, I traveled to Greenville, North Carolina, which is a small town home to Eastern Carolina University, a school that, amongst metalsmith and jewelers, is known for its excellent School of Art and Design. Since 2009, the metal design MFA students there have been producing the Material Topics Symposium, which I first attended in 2014. It was initially founded by Laura Wood, and the symposium hosts students and faculties from over 45 institutions from all over the country. The 200 plus attendees are beginners and hobbyists, sculptors, professional jewelers, and metal artists, and current and retired ECU faculty members. The presenters and lectures are not repeated, which I really like, and are nominated and voted on by members of the ECU Medals Guild, then chosen by the incoming symposium committee. Another important aspect of this event is that it wanted to remain affordable. I love that the description on their website, and I quote, Students are on a tight budget, so we feed you along with the registration. The 2019 organizers were Sefra Reyes and Caroline A. Boos, and if I said your names wrong, oh my gosh, I am sorry. As someone who has been on the facilitating side of things before, I applaud you both on an excellent job. Well done. Taking on an event of this magnitude is no easy task, so kudos to you and your team who made it happen. I attended the symposium, yes, but not just as a professional. I attended as a presenter, which was a huge deal for me because this was my first experience as a presenter at a symposium, at a conference, you name it. And damn, I was a nervous wreck but it felt really good to step up to the challenge. To those of you who attended my breakout sessions or took the time to speak with me, I wanna say thank you for your support and your kindness. My experience was nothing but positive and I owe it to all to you. And on a side note, I was working on my presentation right up until I gave it. So that just goes to show that everybody procrastinates. With new opportunities, there are lessons to be learned and insights to be gained. I walked away from this experience with an understanding of what being a presenter entails beyond the actual presentation you're paid to give. For years, I will admit I have complained about how expensive events such as the SNAG conference are to attend, but after being on the other side of things, I'm changing my tune a little bit but I've only had one experience with one organization. So while I was at the symposium, I sat down with a fellow jeweler who like myself will be presenting at his first conference in 2019. The way presenters are paid varies greatly between different events. And so I sat down with Michael Nashef to talk about his career, why he invested the time and money into attending the ECU symposium, and of course, compare what we as beginning presenters are being compensated for our time and our expenses. So, please welcome Michael Nashef. And as you listen to the podcast, I do wanna note that I misspoke when I said that students pay $88 to attend. I heard that somewhere and that was not correct. Students to attend. The registration fee is $95. The registration fee for professionals is 120 And if you showed up the day of the event without planning ahead, you are going to pay $145 for the three day event. So enjoy my interview. Because there's a richness in your voice when you're closer. Okay. And then I do it over here. Um, hi, Michael. Hi, Rachel. so okay so you went to elizabeth brim
1: yes did she inflate steel what did she do she uh did a demo for a hook and then showed us how to fuse uh steel
0: oh so she didn't do like her inflation thing no i
1: think that's a little bit more involved i don't know if she would be able to do it within this short of a time like an hour or so
0: yeah it would be like a cooking show Mm -hmm. because i've seen her do that where she'll like prep the piece and have it whatever because really you just have to put in the forge heat it up and then use the compressor to inflate it but um, maybe she's also tired of doing it You know, Probably. she's done it like good lord how many times yeah I
1: bet. Um, <laughs> she's tiny though she's like she's this right? old well I shouldn't say so uh, say old but well, she's, she's getting like, up you there know, yeah. yeah and and she's hammering taking that hammer and going at it I mean it's it's definitely inspiring so
0: and in, when she's talked about female blacksmithing before, I mean, I had, I had the fortunate um, experience of living at Penland for two years. You know, I'd go over to Brim's house, hang out with her and her cats, make dinner. Um, but I loved when she talked about females, that blacksmith, and she's like, you know, we don't have the brawn as men, but we got hips, yeah. and we know how to use them. That's true. And she really talks about how as females, you know, we might not have the strength as men, but we use our bodies in innovative ways yep. to make things happen. Yeah. Um, She's a
1: spe- special woman. She is.
0: ah, And so then what did you do in the afternoon?
1: Uh, I went to Jesse's Brett, I think his last name is, and uh, we, uh, he did the, a casting demo, which was very interesting and informative
0: oh yeah the right sand casting
1: yes sandcasting.
0: yeah yes. i walked by towards the very end of it and i was like oh mm-hmm. he he went right up into the time i think he went a little over which made me feel better because i feel like i'm gonna go a little over yeah Ooh. i
1: actually had to leave so i can see or look for you oh downstairs. really oh. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> thank fine. you yeah.
0: oh man made it work yes um well hey everyone listening I am currently in North Carolina at Eastern Carolina University for the ECU Symposium Material Topics, and this year's theme is State of Adornment. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with Michael. Michael, say your last name for me so I don't butcher it. Nashif? Nashif. Yes. And you're Lebanese? Yes, I am. Yeah, I was looking. I did my research. Yeah, I look it up good. on it. Um, and I think the only thing I know about Lebanon is Beirut. Is there?
1: That's the capital, and it's our biggest city, so Okay, good, at
0: least I'm not completely, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Um, So I'm talking with Michael, I'm really excited. Thank you for taking the time out of the symposium to record an interview with me. Um, You're welcome, my pleasure. There's always so many things going on these days. Man, the schedule is like completely booked from Mm -hmm. the moment I get here till the minute I leave. Yes. Um, So it means a lot to me. And Michael, where did you travel from to be here?
1: I actually traveled um, from Towson, Maryland, Um, but before that I was actually in Michigan. Uh, I came on Wednesday, went to Towson, and I came from Towson down uh, here to Greenville. So
0: So those listening who don't know where Towson is, I know because my studio mate, Leslie Boyd, um, used to be one of the instructors there. It's right outside of Baltimore. It's basically Baltimore. Yes. Kind of. Yeah. I feel like you could drive a few
1: minutes and you're in Baltimore really I think for some reason like every time I put the zip code Baltimore comes out as opposed to I'm still trying to learn the ropes around that
0: but you mentioned Michigan so what did you mean by that
1: uh so currently when we immigrate from Lebanon that's where we settled we settled in Michigan Um, uh and who's me um my me and my family and um That's Kalamazoo, Michigan, and uh, been there for quite a while. And recently, I just got uh, a job offer at Towson University. Okay, and um, I'm the area head coordinator there. So
0: nice, congratulations! Thank you. So, you are you splitting your time? I'm sorry, I'm trying to follow you. So, you still live in Michigan, but you also are working in Towson. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay, so is your family still in Michigan? Currently yes. They oh are. Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. And now is that because you're kind of feeling out like it's a new position, you're not ready to move your entire wait why are your family like how many do you have little ones? Is I do. One? I do oh. have a six
1: and a half year old. Her name is Sarah. Oh, hey, good name. Yeah. Like your taste.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have a wife?
1: I do. Okay. And that's... her name is Maya too. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So that's who's back in Michigan. Yes. And they weren't ready. You're not ready to do the big move, so they're kind of hanging back.
1: Well, uh, uh, what happened was the day I interviewed for this job was the day that my wife started a very nice, good, high-paying job. So we were like really torn about what we need to do. So for now, we're just obviously testing the waters and seeing how things are gonna work. But um, for this year, at least, that's what we're doing. We're I'm commuting back and forth.
0: And so, how often do you go back? Do you uh,
1: I try at least not to make it more than two weeks. Yeah. Um, so every other week I try to go back there.
0: Oh, you know it's really interesting, Leslie, who had that job as well, she um, came back and forth from Pe- Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that took a toll on her. Yeah, I I bet, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I can only imagine going back and forth from (laughs) Michigan, but I totally get your wife getting like an amazing job, I mean, yeah, yeah, I probably wouldn't want to leave right away either. Yeah,
1: I mean, kudos to her for uh, dealing with me with all of these, you know, back and forth, and just before that, I was actually doing my master's at Bowling Green in Ohio.
0: Oh, were they in Michigan then too? They
1: were still in Michigan, but luckily, it's only a two and a half hour commute, so we saw each other but on, on weekends.
0: Yeah, yeah. oh man. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you for like making it work and keeping that up. Yeah. Um, so we're here, you came to the symposium. Mm-hmm. Do you have students that came with you or did you just come on your own? Um, this time I did come
1: on my own. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any students come down. Um, So Towson have I believe seven to eight uh, grad, uh, not grads, uh, students or majors Okay. and um, they did have um, uh, you know previous commitments or some of them weren't able for financial reasons and things like that so uh, but it's something I definitely want to bring them in here because it's a great symposium to be at.
0: Yeah and you just got started there so I'm sure you didn't have the time to like I mean, sure, you can talk about here, here, now. So next year, it'll be on their
1: radar. Exactly. So, yeah. one of the things that happened was when I came in, uh, you know, I told them about some of the symposiums that's going that's going to happen but obviously because i didn't have i didn't give them the the heads up on that that yeah. actually didn't make things easy for them so yeah
0: yeah well, i get that yeah. you got to plan ahead <laughs> i mean i'm only here cuz they're paying me Yeah, <laughs> these things are expensive and yes, they are. Yeah. they're yeah. an investment into the, your community and mm-hmm. um It's funny that we're talking about that because that's going to be a big part of what our discussion is about today. But before I get there, I do want to give a little bit more insight about you Mm -hmm. to listeners. So you're teaching at Towson. You went to grad school at Bowling Green. Where'd you go to undergrad?
1: I did my undergrad in Kendall College of Art and Design in Grand Rapids, Michigan uh, under Phil Renato.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he's in Michigan? Yeah. That's so funny. I had no idea where he was. Like, I know the name, but, like, I didn't put that together.
1: (laughs) Yep. No, he's he's there. He actually started the program. It's called the LSE Jewelry and Metal or Metal and Jewelry Program. Yeah. Uh, And um, it started, I believe, in 2003. Mm -hmm. Oh. And uh, I was there actually first graduate. I was the first one to walk from that program. What? that's yeah. so
0: cool. Yeah. it's
1: a bachelor degree of fine arts.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. kind of probably helped him work out some, did you feel like you were kind of a guinea pig because it was so new, or did you feel? Um,
1: so, a little bit of a background on myself. Yeah. Uh, I came here in 1998, September 1998, to mm-hmm. the how States. How old were you when you moved to the States? I was actually 14 days short of being 21.
0: Okay, how I, old are you now? Um,
1: 39. 39? No, I'm, I'm not, no.
0: Wait, I could never clock you. Are you thirty nine? No. Wait, are you older? Yeah. Why are you being so bashful about your age? <laughs> you know? Because you know I know. Why not? <laughs> I know. It's so funny. I'll ask people like what their income is and they'll tell me and then I ask their age and they're like,
1: Mm <laughs> Well, I always say I'm thirty nine because I want to stay thirty nine. Oh um, yeah. I don't want to be in the forties. <laughs> if I
0: guess if I guess, will you tell me?
1: I can tell you. you well tell try. Me. give it a try. Let's okay, see.
0: like mm. I would clock you at like no older than forty four. Forty one. Oh, sorry.
1: Yeah. No, it's all right. <laughs> but that's not that it's okay. far from thirty nine. No, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. But I, I, st- I stopped at thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Oh well I was telling somebody today, like uh somebody thought I was in my twenties and Oh. Yeah, somebody that, oh, wait, Tara Locklear and Liz Clark, I was talking to them, and they were like, wait, you're not in your 20s? I was like, no, I'm 33, and they're like, what? (laughs) And I was like, maybe I'll just keep going with that. Yeah, I'm 27. Yeah. Forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Um, So keep going, I'm sorry. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I came in, um, I was 21, I uh, actually started my first day of working in the United States was on my birthday, October 5th. Oh wow! Yeah, and the the manager wouldn't believe that I want to work on my birthday because it happened. I told him I'm 21, yeah. and I didn't know what that entitled being 21 here oh, at that time. When you can know, you
0: start drinking in Lebanon? Is oh, it
1: a, we don't really have a drinking age, so you can drink anytime. So it's not
0: that big of a deal. No, no
1: it wasn't. It's so I nonchalant a, uh, thing that yeah. we don't care about it and. So, I think it's a much healthier culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, he's like, are you sure you don't want your day off? I was like, no, not really. I mean, I'm, I'm okay, you know, I just wanna start working. So I did start working at that time. Um, and uh, the first year or two years, that's what I did. We did a lot of working and by that time, I went to Lansing Community College. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started taking some courses there. And I used to cut grass for a person that we, you know, from mutual, you know, uh, people, friends. That's good money. Yeah. And he, one day he's like, are you good using your hands? Like, are you a crafty person? And I was like, yeah, I think I am. Yeah. And he's like, why don't you come to my store? And they owned, he owned a Jewish store at that time. And he's like, why don't you come to my jury store and try to see if you're handy or what we could do. And sure enough, I went there. And um, within a week, he start or, you know, I start kind of watching him and learning how, you know, to work on the bench and things like that. And within a month, I was actually picking up the industry and what? and I was literally working on customer jobs yeah. and that kind of started my passion with this jewelry yeah. thing and um at that time I was actually studying computer science believe it or not <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is you know it's interesting I you know I studied calculus and physics and computer coding and all that stuff but I hated it. Like I'm yeah. such a people person, and I like talking to people and working with my hands, and um, and it all stemmed back from when we were in Lebanon. My dad owned a backpack factory. At that time, we used to manufacture. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my like, gosh! Like I used to make bracelets in leather when yeah. we were like seven or eight year old, and we used to sit on his stairs and sell it to kids. In the neighborhood.
0: Oh my god, I love that. Right, yeah. and
1: we never, you know, uh, you know, and we always work in the factory with him, and w- you know, I'm a master. Uh, no, um, I don't know if the word is seamstress or sewer, sewer, seamstress,
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, I was I was a master at it by the age of seventeen. Because you
0: were working in the factory, yeah, sewing them. Yeah, oh, cool. every
1: summer we will finish school. We we'll would be sitting with my dad, learning how. To cut leather, how to work with leather or school bags and just different cloth and how to screen print. Oh my God, I love this. Oh my God, we used to screen print at night. Like we would go home and my dad would bring the paint and the screen prints, and the whole house would be, would have like hundreds, if not, you know, thousands of these little sheets of screen printed caricatures on them or like yeah. you know different designs or whatever that the next day will go and we start sewing back together and making more school bags and so on
0: yeah What was the name of your dad's company um
1: i don't design? honestly know
0: he just like made them
1: yeah, yeah. uh and he, he wholesaled
0: them or did he yeah sell them he did own?
1: wholesale he actually oh. so uh, my dad um i think he finished high school and then uh, without knowing too much language. Actually, he traveled to Italy, to Germany, to these places, barely knowing any language. And he would yeah. walk in inside a uh, a factory and say, hey, can I just walk in and see what you guys are doing? And at that time, they allowed him for whatever reason. Yeah. And he would walk in, and he literally just pick up all this information and what kind of machines he needs or whatever. Yeah. And then comes back to Labyrinth, and he had opened... His factory, and he had thirty-three employees at that time. Oh my God! Which is, so this was a
0: huge factory. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. We used to. He used to manufacture leather bags for Pierre Gardin in France. Like that's oh. a well-known designer at that time. I don't know yeah. if the name still exists, but that's a, you know, that's pretty huge. That's pretty big. So did your mom work, or was the whole
0: family business the factory?
1: A, my mom did work with him a lot. My dad worked there a lot, too. And when we were older, we also worked there a lot. Uh, sadly, uh, because of the war in Lebanon, uh, mm-hmm. we had to move our factory, I believe, three or four times, like from oh one area to another. So um, every time, you know, we would make bags or, you know, we are doing okay money-wise or whatever, yeah. uh, war will happen in that area. So we have to move... another area so yeah um, that was actually part of you know growing up yeah yeah Yeah. and that's that's why we end up being here because eventually you know when you move a lot as a factory you're paying from your capital and you're losing money so you start you know eventually losing enough money that you cannot make it anymore and then we couldn't business. and then we had to immigrate we had to come here
0: so when you immigrated you moved with your whole family yes
1: how many siblings do you have I have uh, two more brothers two two brothers
0: Um. and your wife did you
1: did she, is she from Lebanon she is from Lebanon um, but my wife actually was my best friend since we were like thirteen years old. What? Never That's even real cute. Yeah, we never I mean, she actually came to the States uh three times bec- before we even thought about to see you because she missed you. Well yeah? Well no first time she came in just to kind of vacation in the States. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I uh but, uh, yeah, she, like, you know, first time she came in, we went to, you know, Washington, D.C., to New York. Yeah. We, you know, we've, we went tons of places. But, um, but yeah, I mean, um, and, you know, before we know it, we kind of start, you know, when things were right, I guess, we start yeah. talking together. And we were a little bit more serious. And it just happened. I, I don't know.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's kind of just how it happens, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it
1: happened very natural. Uh, Like she's, you know, uh, shout out to her, like she's (laughs) my rock, I I love her, she's awesome. Like she helps me, she, you know, she's the reason I was able to do my masters and to be in Dawson and all of these things, so, yeah.
0: So does your, what did your dad do once you got to Michigan?
1: Uh, When we came to Michigan, language to us is it wasn't a barrier by any means because well,
0: you, oh yeah I was going to ask that but I was going to sound so dumb why no why what do you speak in Lebanon Lebanese uh, <laughs> That's not. well
1: it's it's actually <laughs> That's you're not you're a thing. there it's it's theoretically it's actually Arabic okay oh Arabic okay but but you if you ask a lot of Lebanese people they will say we speak Lebanese because it is different from uh, it's different from the normal Arabic language. We, okay. Like we technically actually have to go to the s- to school to learn proper Arabic. You have like a different dialect. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And the dialect is very different. Like if you want a better comparison, it's like um, speaking Irish, right? Uh, yeah. Or right? Uh, or Scottish, right? Uh, it's still English, but it's very different. different. Yeah. Right. So it's like that.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. So, Eng- but it wasn't an issue for you when you came to Michigan, because you already spoke English? Is that Yes. What you- yeah.
1: So, we th- typically we learn about three languages in Lebanon. God, you learn. man, I love that culture. Yeah.
0: Damn it, U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, it's my own fault. I could do it, but I'm, like, I'm 33, so I'm lazy. Yeah. So, anyway.
1: typically we learn English, Arabic, and French. Okay. Uh, mainly the concentration usually on two main language, and the third language is like your second language here yeah so it's either English and Arabic as your main and French is a third mm-hmm. or Eng- or Arabic and um French is the main and English is a third, so you speak French. A little bit. I haven't spoken French in so long, like in at least 24 years. And now I still understand it if you speak very slowly. I can read it, uh, but and I can maybe say a few sentences, but that's it.
0: That's so interesting. I worked, probably the scariest, most lovely woman I ever worked for was Tunisian. Um, and I stay scary because she would put the fear of God in you if you were five minutes late. Like, and I needed that because the year before I worked for her, I had been fired from seven jobs. Like, <laughs> I just didn't have any respect for employers or respect for employment. And okay. that, and so I get a job with her, and she was like, "Oh no, you miss one day, you don't have a job." Wow. She's like, "You're an hour late, you don't have a job." Okay, um, and she was the scariest. But what I loved about her <laughs> um, is she did. She spoke Arabic and French and Spanish and English and I loved getting to hear her speak Arabic around me, like when her husband was in the shop, which they always sounded angry. And I didn't know if that's just kind of like how German is, where you sound angry when you're just talking. It is. is. (laughs) We're. I mean, um,
1: maybe I would probably say the three languages that always sound like that are Arabic, German, and Italian. Okay. Although Italian is a little bit more romantic, but it's it's still intense. And (laughs) uh, I cannot tell you how many times I would bring friends or people to our house yeah. and I would be talking to my mom or to my dad and they turn around and are like, why are you yelling at your parents? I'm like, like I'm do, not. I'm just, I'm just telling her like, thank you, mom, for the dinner, <laughs> you know, but it just sounds yeah. like I'm yelling at her. So, And like on the other side of
0: that is French where you could literally say I'm constipated and it sounds really romantic. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So with school... I didn't get to ask my favorite question
1: but did you pay for your schooling like how did you pay for schooling Um so if you remember I started working as a bench jeweler right Yeah
0: that guy the, what a cool guy to bring you into that by Yeah the way.
1: it's it started like really good that was a good job and then the reason I went to schooling in jewelry and I stopped doing computer science is one day I was actually flipping in the magazine and I never actually thought and I didn't know that there was a bachelor degree in uh, in jewelry. Oh,
0: like, I totally relate to that.
1: Like I had no idea <laughs> yeah. that this is even existed, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm flipping through the magazine and I see the ad. I was like, "Wait, what? I could just do art stuff and get an actual bachelor degree? That's freaking awesome!" You know, like yeah, it is. So I I went. Up to Grand Rapids, I meet Phil, um, and it was like love at first sight, you know. Yeah. And I, I, it was a brand new studio, really nice, very, uh, you know, a little bit high tech. We had a laser machine. They had computers, 3D printing, Mm -hmm. exactly what I was looking for, right? Like it's what I actually love, Uh, and I you know put my application i start going to school there and to answer your question um, because i was a jeweler which was it's a decent paying job you know it's not it doesn't pay it's more than six dollars it's more than mcdonald's exactly (laughs) um so i was actually able to initially Pay for a lot because I was working about 35 hours a, a week and I was still oh, wow. going full time. I was. You like, don't have a baby at this point, do you? No, 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 no. Oh, no. I, okay. no baby, no it's girlfriend, like, nothing. Oh, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, just living your life. Oh, yeah. I was like, let's do it. The American dream, you know, work hard, study hard, all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I was working about anywhere between 30 to 35 hours easily a week. Uh, still doing, the, you know, the grass cutting on the weekends, mm-hmm. and I was going to school full time. Um, so I started doing that. I paid for—I would probably say the first two years from my own pocket for school. Wow. Like I did not take any loans. Um, that actually started happening toward the end. Was that like catching I, up to you? Yeah, of? like you know, I—I I was taking a little bit more studio classes, uh, things were starting to get more expensive, you know, I I came here in like 2000, things were, you know, the cost of living started getting higher, fuel was getting higher. I was actually commuting from Lansing to Grand Rapids, which was an hour away, Mm, and that's just to go to school, right, Um, so I end up uh, paying for a lot of my school tuition till toward the end and i don't know if you need to hear how much it was but i oh think, i love that of course so <laughs> by that time i i when i finished my school i had about 20,000 oh in student loan debt in student loan that's not bad it's not now i want to give a disclaimer that at that time when i started my thesis work which i decided to make it in gold because i was working in gold okay and Fancy. so i made my thesis pieces out of gold like they were all is that re- what a lot of that student loan is then because gold is so expensive at that time it wasn't at that oh, time weird. it was like 300 hundred dollar an ounce okay That's you know different. and yeah um so it wasn't just like literally by the time i was done with my thesis it was you know starting to go higher in price yeah but I I don't know, it's just like I was doing at that time this like high-end, one-of-a-kind pieces, really different. I was experimenting with like uh, rubber and gold, like, you know, that contrast Mm -hmm. between both and so on. So so yeah, I finished in, I graduated in May 2006, Mm -hmm. and at that time my boss decided to open a store in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And he's like, Would you be interested in managing that? And the pay was pretty good. Yeah. So I was like, Absolutely, let's do that. Yeah. So, sure enough, uh, he opened a store. Uh, at that time, I started managing, which was great. I finished school, I had a decent paying job. Um, yeah. Did you get health benefits? Uh, yeah, not. Okay. Uh, I did get health benefits, but um, not the best. Not the best. At least it I was mean, something. it's a family-owned business, so yeah, that it's makes hard. it. At that time, there was no Obamacare, none of that stuff. So, yeah. thing, you know, it was. They did pay for it, but it wasn't the greatest. Let's mm-hmm. put it this way. Um, but um, yeah, I mean. I'm, I'm pretty sure you would like to know how much I was getting. Yeah, paid. I would. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Michael. You know
0: me so well. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, you know,
1: I listened to your other podcast. Oh, okay, great. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so what were you making? Um, I was making about fifty thousand.
0: That's nice. I've never made that. Yeah. And well, I mean, I don't even think I was making that when I was bartending. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. in Mich- Michigan. I mean, how high can the cost of living be there?
1: Um, it is very good for, it's very decent for Michigan. Let's put it this way. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Um, now, uh, and maybe like for the f- listeners, um, if I was, during my jewelry, uh, you know, years when I was actually a bench jeweler, Yeah. I was pulling anywhere between at least 25, if not more, oh, to okay. 35. So twenty five maybe when I first started, uh, yeah. and maybe when I was doing like the basics like ring sizing and you know chain soldering things like that, mm-hmm. and toward the end of I'm not gonna say the end toward like when I start being, you know. I'm not going to say that I'm a master jeweler, but I would say I'm a senior or I was a senior jeweler. Maybe now I need a little bit more training or to sit back on the bench more to Mm -hmm. be called that. But um, I was pulling easily 35. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's because, you know, you do like these really big jobs that require some serious Skill set and things like that. Yeah, but, you
0: should be compensated yeah, for your skill. Yeah, oh, level. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you probably should have been compensated more, but like that's yeah. good for a bench jeweler. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: well, my, see, one of the things we need to remember that at the end of the day, w- I was working for a family-owned business, so yeah, and it the caps year, out right. Two thousand six, and, 2006, and the year was two thousand six exactly. Yeah. So nowadays, if I have, mm. if someone at least have a master level jeweler, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you they will get paid anywhere between 50 to 60, easily. Wow, And I'm nice. talking, but, you know, a master-level jeweler, that means, you know, setting three, four, five-carat diamonds, sapphires, or they do platinum fabrication, or they do mm-hmm. pavé hand-setting, like real pavé setting. Yeah. Hand-engraving, all of these things, which these are skills require tens of years to really master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so back to the so th- you're in michigan you're running your you run a store I, right i was running the store and things are good and i think uh by that time you know i have graduated i'm making good money uh my uh my wife had came already two or three times during that time So you're falling in love yeah I, uh, toward the 2006 that's what it kind of Things clicked together, Great. you know, and because you know I was actually m- maybe emotionally ready for this, yeah, and she was ready uh, because the previous times when she came in, yeah, I either had a girlfriend or she had a boyfriend. So oh yeah, there's lots like, of that timing. Yeah, like,
0: I tell people that all the time. It's like yeah, yeah, you need to be attracted to somebody and whatever. It was like. Honestly, for me right now, I feel like relationships are all about
1: timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are. <It's laughs> Absolutely. Up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she, she came in 06 and we start dating a little bit and then going back and forth. And I would go back to Labaran and all of these things. And in 07, we got married. Nice. Um, it was a really fun, good wedding. And um, things were. Going good, but the only problem I was having was that I was just in a. It was a good-paying job. I'm not complaining, but yeah. it was like a dead-end job. You, you didn't know? have anywhere to grow. That's yeah. it. It's a family-owned business. The maximum I will be at is just jewelry manager, like yeah, you're never gonna, two gonna store own the manager, business. which yeah. is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know some people would do that. They would love it. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. But I wanted more, especially the fact that I did my bachelor degree in jewelry design. Yeah. Like I want to. So I was doing some of the work. I was designing some of the pieces. Uh, but luckily, at, during that time, between, I believe, 2006 till 2010, mm-hmm. uh, Phil had asked me to fill up some adjunct positions that they needed ah hence uh, like such as uh i guess uh professional practices because i had done all of the you know uh, uh jewelry shows i've done yeah the business. you could speak to it right the business side of things so i did that and obviously the first class was fun but then i did the next semester it was even more fun and i enjoyed really Talking to students and interacting yeah. with them. And then he asked me to to do uh, intro to jewelry classes, which was tons of fun. I loved it. Nice. So the more I did teaching, the more I was like, man, I really like this. But yeah. I never thought anything, or I never really thought that I would become a teacher. Become a teacher, right? Yeah. And in 2010, I decided I didn't wanna do the jewelry store managing anymore, and then I got a job as a uh, designer for the company in Wisconsin.
0: Oh, nice. And and it
1: was in 3D, and the best part of it, Sarah, I cannot say enough on this, is (laughs) that it was from home. I was getting paid the same amount of money working from home. I literally wake up at like 9.05, yeah. <gasps> oh no, I'm late to work. So I go downstairs <laughs> in my PJ, sit down on the computer, log in, I was like, oh yeah, I'm at
0: work. I'm getting to experience <laughs> that for the first time in my life too with my job where uh-huh. my boss was like, well, you know, if you wanna put like a couple hours in when you're at home and I was like, wait, come again? Yeah. I can do that? It's awesome, It's so I amazing. It. I can wake up at like 8.50 make coffee and sit yeah. into my PJs on the couch and do emailing. Yep, yep. So then when do you decide to go back to grad school?
1: so I decided to go back in 2016 or 2015 2016 I actually applied in 20 uh, no I applied in 2016 April 2016 and
0: it wasn't because you like you obviously had that experience teaching sounds like you loved it which good for you some people really don't like teaching
1: so to get you to that point yeah I actually so I was working as the uh, designer, Cat. yeah, the designer, which was an awesome job. The only problem is I was getting paid really well, and the company start laying some people off. And who oh. was the first person to go is obviously the high paying,
0: oh, high paid people, yeah. right?
1: So they laid me off, and at that point I was working on idea for my uh, engagement line. I have a. You know, I had oh, a really cool... Oh, right. that's You're a jack of house. all <laughs> trades. Look at you. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, But so what I did was uh, I had... The idea actually started when I created the ring for my wife. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting on it and I was trying to wait the right time and I was building on the design and the concept and all of these things. And in 2014, I had actually... Did a whole bunch of new designs, and you know, in April 2014, they laid me off, and I was, I you know, talked to my wife, and yeah. we had saved some money at that time, mm-hmm. and we decided to launch the company at that time. So I started doing these trade shows in Chicago, in mag- store mega, in store store, uh, in store show. I don't know if you, oh, I don't uh, know that one. Well, but. now it's it's out of business, or they actually they are not doing it anymore. But mm. it was really big. Um, and I was doing like, uh, Washington DC, uh, IJO, Okay. So you did the traffic yeah, circuit. I'd yeah. yeah. Wholesale. So I did all of that stuff. Uh, and w- I did good, but during that time, the, the engagement market, you know, the jewelry market was yeah. suffering a little bit because, ah. you know, of the economy wasn't doing too great. Yeah. Um so we decided that I wanted something to fall back on just in case. Oh okay, yes. And what did I really love? I love teaching. I really enjoyed it and with now I did have the experience but I did not have
0: the MFA. The MFA and yeah. you really need that, Ugh. right? Unfortunately. So, yes. I don't I don't 100% agree with that, but
1: Um I don't either, but, but it's it's a I necessary think, thing right now. Yeah, well, exactly. the state of things. Yeah, we yeah. we can't say that you don't need it anymore. You do need it if you want to teach, because there's yeah. tons of other people out there who have it.
0: Yeah, it's like a, so, yeah, you have to to right. even be
1: in the running. Right. Yeah. So uh, I decided, or the best actually at that time, my mentor was Phil, and I sat down with Phil and I talked to him, and he's like, I you know expressed to him my issues that. At that time, I was married. I have a daughter. Yeah. Uh, the school has to be close to me. Yeah. I do not know if I want to spend three years. Two years would be great because at that time. Uh, you have a kid, you have your life. Yeah, yeah. And I have good enough experience. Like, I need to grow conceptually and I need the actual degree. Yeah. And uh, to me, the genius that he is, Phil, he's like, I think I know who you need to go. Oh. To go to, he's like, Tom, you or see if you can apply there, and I did, and I got a full scholarship with paid stipend. What? Good. Uh, That's a, how you should do grad school
0: if yeah. you are going to do it.
1: Yeah. they should. And be paying it you. was a two year program. It was two and a half hours away from my home. Yeah. So I went there, and Tom is obviously, you know, Tom Muir is Tom Muir. He's well known. Yeah. I, you know, I really that my time over there with him mm-hmm. learned a lot from him and I went in there I you know I did my thesis graduate in 2018 or May 2018.
0: Nice so you're fresh.
1: Yeah I'm fresh but trust me I've, I'm a senior in this industry I've been doing it for 20 years I know anything and everything that needs to be known about this industry.
0: What I love about your timeline is that you took your time mm-hmm. right like you've had multiple positions within the field and i like that you went to grad school when you knew you were ready for it and yeah. what you wanted like you what you truly wanted you Absolutely. didn't just go into it because it's like
1: what you do right exactly yeah. and i think that's important yeah i didn't i didn't i really want to graduate i really th- i did not think that i really needed it like
0: yeah i
1: i at that by that time i knew digital i knew how to fabricate tons of things i mean obviously we can always as artists we can always grow as conceptual artists right yeah but you know some people might say oh this is what i grew conceptually at um you know during grad school or whatever but even if you grew during grad school it's 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 something that's gonna always be with you and you're gonna have always to expand on that like yeah yeah
0: so you're teaching at towson um I wanted to talk to Michael today because we're at ECU Symposium. You're attending. I'm actually a presenter. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's my first time presenting at a symposium. Yeah. Um, and I think you and I have talked about this a little bit where um, I was like, I did a call. I wanted, I asked for somebody that has previous experience presenting at a symposium or conference who wanted to talk about the financial and logistical aspects as presenters. Um, but And you're like, well, I haven't necessarily done it, but I'm gonna be doing it for an upcoming event, which has been announced, so we can say (laughs) that you're going to be a presenter at the SNAG 2019 conference in Chicago. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. That's a big deal. Yes, it is. What kind of presenter are you gonna be?
1: I believe I'm gonna be what they call rapid fire. I think we have like 15 minute presentation, something like that. Oh, okay, cool. That's a great
0: way to start because it's a pretty big, large scale, like conference-wise, you know, oh, it's yeah. intimidating. So it's like, oh my god, yeah, you can you can do a fifteen-minute presentation. <laughs> yes. I'd want to start with like a baby sip as yes, well. Yes. Um, and so, but then we were also talking about the fact that you know, I'm saying this is my first time as a presenter. It technically is, but I've been a visiting artist before. Um, didn't you say you did something at Touchstone Center?
1: Um, as a visiting artist, I've done it actually uh, before at Western. Okay Uh, But I did do present At Touchstone Yes This last uh, um, I think September
0: I think they do something Called like Alchemist Picnic That's actually in June Oh okay So that's something different They
1: do one in September Kind of similar to that Yeah Um, And that's when I presented Yes
0: So when you When we talk about Presenting you guys For me I'm presenting on the podcast ew uh which is so different from <laughs> presenting or being a visiting artist as a jeweler right because yeah. that for me is like okay i have this technique i'm showing you i know how to teach this yes um but presenting is a whole different animal kind of ways where you're just talking and you're talking about yourself and creating visuals to tell your story um, and that's what you're going to be doing
1: yes yes yeah. uh, so presenting and snag uh i mean Typically with us jewelers, we, as you mentioned, like we either do a demo and we present at the same time, but at Snag, it's going to be a visual presentation, talk about my work, what I did, how I did it, what was my conceptual story behind it, an Mm -hmm. idea, um, did they
0: give you that? Were they like, we want you to present and we
1: want you to present on this? Or did they no, say you can do whatever you no, want? No, actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, let me remember here. Uh, the call was, if you would like to present at Snag, we want, I think they need either one minute or five minute youtube video of yourself oh did you apply for this yeah oh yeah, yeah you they you, they have you apply which i think is really cool because they ask you to apply or did yeah, you oh. yeah yeah oh, okay. yeah. so yeah. so you apply and then you uh you submit your video so this way they can see you they could see oh, like, like, like how if, you're if you inter- have your persona like, yeah right, yeah which I, fair because yeah. i mean you are in front of like what, two, 300 people, even more, I think, like four, 500 people, yeah. right?
0: And I think that's really fair. And it's like, I think my generation has been told too many times that you can do whatever you want you'll you'll be great at whatever. It's like, no, not everybody's meant to be a presenter. Yeah. You can be the most amazing metalsmith yeah. and then be a really bad presenter. Oh, absolutely. It takes like a different kind of yeah, skill. Yeah. Oh, so I love yeah. that they do that for yeah, you. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With ECU, um, What I really loved about, so you guys, the ECU symposium, if you haven't been, you should. It's a really popular one, and rightfully so. It's really great. And it's put on by the grads at Eastern Carolina University. Um, So the two grad, the chairs of the symposium this year, um, Caroline... Carolyn and Carolina, which is like, hilarious. It's like, really guys, your names, ah. Um, But they've been really lovely, and what I liked about them, they asked me to present, and then they asked me to submit what my presentation would be on. And immediately, I was like, oh, well, it should be on metalsmithing or something. But then I fired back, I was like, okay, I can do this, or I can do something on the podcast, which I've never done before. And I was like, I hope they would go for that. And they did, and I think that's really great because they're open to innovative and different ideas. Yep. Um, yeah. And I like that I got to like state what I was gonna do, rather told of like, what I had to cover. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. less intimidating. I don't know if you felt that way. It's easier I, for me that way.
1: I mean, from my end, I think it's great that you're doing that because number one, you're gonna open it up for more people to know what this is all about and how it works and maybe you will have, you know, in my opinion, we'll have more people to talk to and they yeah. will come forward and say like, I would love to be interviewed for this or whatever. So yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And
0: from presenters aspects, I think it's great to broaden the definition of what we think you should be presenting on, exactly. right? It's exactly. not always about the techniques of our work. There's all these other aspects of our field that we should be talking about. Yeah. Um, so when you got asked to do the rapid fire thing, did they tell you how much you you would be paid to do it if you got to do it, or did um, that come later?
1: That's later um it's obviously it's only like ten or fifteen minutes um so I know there's probably different tiers. Like what oh, we yeah. get paid, it's not going to be the same. Like what an hour presentation is going to be like, and yeah, so and it on. shouldn't be. Uh, but I can at least speak to what I'm experiencing right now. Yeah. Um, they did. So number one, they do waive the fee for the uh, conference? exhibition conference.
0: Well, that's huge because that can. That's like. If you're not a member and you're not a student, that can be like four hundred to five hundred dollars right there. Exactly. I yeah. think
1: it starts at three fifty if you're a member. Yeah. Uh, but then it just goes up from there, right? And it's
0: also like early bird versus right. you get like exactly. cheaper rate if you do so it quickly.
1: Right there, they just saved you about whatever three hundred and fifty bucks or upward. Yeah. More than that, right? it's great. Um, and they did uh give three hundred dollar. For the for, presentation? For the, you know, for the presentation, which is actually pretty good. Now, you know, obviously. That's like it's 20 bucks a minute. I just did the math. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Now, now I'm. That's uh, probably the highest I've been ever paid. <laughs> but how many hours are you going to put in that presentation? Oh, my God, yeah. And are how you much me? money? I actually already started working on it. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: and you have to think about that because I was, I mean, my presentation is an hour and a half, and I was like, Whoo, okay, I got that. Yeah. Um, but you also have to put into that, like, do you have to take time off work? And are you going to lose money because you're going to the conference? So
1: luckily, in, in this time, I don't have to take time time off work because Mm. actually the conference happens or it starts on May 22nd I think which is a Wednesday Mm -hmm. it starts then Um, my last day at Towson would be May 21st which is a Tuesday so uh, now the only logistics I'm trying to figure out is if I have to be uh I don't believe I have to be there on the twenty second, so I might yeah. fly on the twenty second. So I should yeah. be good.
0: I'll probably be flying in the twenty second too. Yeah. Like early that yeah. day.
1: But theoretically or technically the last day at school is is a is Tuesday the twenty first of May. That's nice. You don't have to lose any money. No. No, yeah. right. Exactly.
0: So then does snag give you oh, by the way, my honorarium for this. Yeah. Oh if I broke that down, let's do my math. Okay, uh-huh. so and interestingly enough in the when they send me the proposal or asking me if I'm interested, they actually stated it right then and there. They're like, would you do a breakout session? Blah, blah, blah. And your honorarium is going to be 600. And so a breakout, that's an hour and a half. So if we do, mm, let's see, that's 90 minutes. 600. How did I do that? That's so like 10 bucks a minute. Now, is that right? Yeah.
1: No, yeah. it should be more. It should be, if I was 300... 300-
0: Oh, am I not doing this right? You guys, I'm doing math on the spot. Damn it.
1: Ugh. It's all right. They will figure it out.
0: Yeah, but like if you actually broke down how many hours I've worked on my presentation, ooh, girl. Yeah. Because like if I would be, I think I should be paid $25 an hour at least. So let's do 600 Divided by 25, that'd be like 24 bucks an hour to do my research and presentation. Yeah,
1: It's not bad at all.
0: I am losing money, though, however, because I am missing work. I'm missing three days of work. Ooh. So mm, let's see here. I'm paid. That times my equals times three equals. So I'm missing around $420 worth okay. of my wages. Okay. Um, is Snag giving you... Um, travel costs
1: um i don't believe they are no I don't no so are. the travel's all on you we yeah, do now maybe if it's if you're a bigger presenter, presenter. maybe they do uh, i honestly do not remember seeing that yeah but i mean i think you'd be aware of it if you were getting it yeah yeah uh but that being said i actually live in kalamazoo and this year it's actually in
0: it's in Chicago It's so in Chicago So
1: it's like two hour drive Either way I was going there Anyway
0: Yeah okay Well that's good Yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, Do you get any kind of like Discounted rate on a hotel room In the hotel I'm not
1: sure yet on that oh, okay uh, there, there was no mention If I remember properly There was no mention of it In the email But I believe yeah. they Put the numbers Out for I'm. Um, I, I think we start registering What on the 17th
0: Oh yeah, we just got an email cuz yeah. I'm doing something with them. So I actually I'm getting like you guys, I'm getting a press pass. Baby's that's first good. press pass, yes. which that's is awesome. great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm excited about that. Um but yeah, they're going to give us a code for when we register to yeah. get that discounted yeah, press or whatever. Well, I'm getting a code too. So maybe maybe there's something that else e- tied to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It is uh for this, they're compensating us. You know, so I'm going to break down what how guys I'm gonna break down how my things happening here because I'm I wanted to talk to you and have this conversation because so often I look at experiences like going to a symposium or snag especially and I'm like oh it's so much money and you know like I don't know how much for me you know for my income Um, but the experiences are valuable and I worth it for me so I do it but like I think a ticket for the symposium here is eighty eight bucks, a student price or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so you always see it from that perspective, like what your ticket is paying. But you don't really ever know. Like you can assume what those costs go to, but I think there's so many costs that you don't even think about, right? Oh my God, like yeah, like the presenters. Yes, you need to pay them to talk, but you also. I'm getting compensated for my travel, like reimbursed for my plane ticket, my lift to the airport, checking my bag, um, my hotel for three nights here. um, My lifts uh, to and from campus to my um, hotel. Uh, What I will say about this experience that is hard for me that I didn't anticipate is um, you have to front all the costs. Yeah, So one am my i'm, at, I'm at like okay so my plane ticket was just like i think my plane ticket was 325 my checking two bags that's 70 bucks lift to the airport that's 22 bucks uh they picked me up from the airport so that was free so that's good Holla. yeah uh you have to pay for your hotel and book your hotel ahead of time on your own you do get a discounted rate so ugh, i paid when I checked in for the three nights that's 240. um of course there's my lost wages and all that but you know i'm gonna get my i think what they decided to do is that they're like you we're giving you four hundred dollars for this and we're giving you x three hundred dollars i think for the hotel and you get your six hundred dollar honorarium so i'll get a check for all this amount i thought this weekend (laughs) but apparently (laughs) um and i should know better to read the emails but I don't get a check for like six weeks which really hurts my pocket.
1: Well, they have to. I'm I'm pretty sure they have to because of, you know, accounting and they have to.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't know why there's the hold up but I mean, I get it but at the same time, I guess I didn't understand that probably all these presenters that are doing these things and these prestigious roles I see them in, like financially, it's not easy to do this stuff
1: necessarily. No, it's not. And you know, Sometimes we get lucky and we get compensated, but I can tell you from my previous experiences that when you start doing this, most likely you are not gonna even get compensated. Like my first For your actual time that you're doing or like given any money at all? What do you mean? Both. Oh. Like my first visiting artist that I did Mm -hmm. uh I actually did not get Anything, I was so I was like just very. Excited. Oh, you're so eager. You're like yeah, yes, I'll because, do it. It doesn't you know, even just, matter. You know, I was still actually still uh, doing my MFA, and um, I was talking to you know to the where I was doing the the uh, visiting artist uh, thing, yeah. and um, they're like, oh, it's short notice, and I don't know if I can get you money. I was like, you know what, don't worry about it. I'm close to you, so. I'll, I will be just more than happy to put it on my resume. So that's where my value yeah. is. The fact that, you know, I'm not really known yet. I don't, I mean, very few people know about me as yeah. an artist or as a maker, right? Trying to make that name for yourself. Exactly. Yes, so same. Um, so I, well, I was so eager to do it. And, you know, I went above and beyond. And I made like, I think it was like an hour and 15 minutes presentation. Which oh, good Lord. Which everyone loved because as you could see me, I'm very animated and yeah. I move a lot. Yeah, he's
0: great, guys. I keep having to tell um, him not to tap the table. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're doing great.
1: And, um, and so this is something, you know, I was just really glad to do. Now, here's where I get value from it. Yeah. Is while I was doing my presentation there, a person was with the audience who was looking to hire someone in their department. Now, nothing oh. came out of that, but that shows you that sometimes we have to do these things yeah. that will allow us to, you know, um, mingle with people, to know or meet new people that will lead to yeah. new opportunities, new um, possibilities that otherwise we would have never even gotten
0: gotten them yeah.
1: right so uh w- after i was done with my presentation he he sent me an email he's like your work is amazing your presentation with um, was amazing could we please have coffee you know yeah which is even if nothing came out of it now at least i know this person on a personal level and yeah. If I need something or maybe if he needs something on the in the future, he can contact he or she can contact me and we will go from there. So yeah. You know, it's just building relationships. But growing your network is huge. Exa- like it's oh. like half
0: the the battle.
1: Exactly. It's yeah. invaluable, like or extremely valuable actually.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, and yeah, and definitely, you know, I said yes to this regardless. They could have said they were paying me two hundred bucks and I would have said yes. Uh don't ask me to do things for two hundred dollars. Right. Okay. Disclaimer. <laughs> I want more. Um but it's it's one of those things where it's like, I probably shouldn't have taken the time off work and I'm going to be kind of in, you know, like I'm almost a thousand dollars in the hole for this experience. I know I'm going to get compensated on the road, but it's a little right now. But regardless, like, it's just fun, too, to yeah. do this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm happy to be here because I'd been to the symposium before and to come back as a presenter feels amazing. Yeah. So yeah. there's that experience and yeah. it's worth it. Yeah. But I did want to give it that insight, though, because I, I've only been on the other side so many times and I, I complain about the cost of things. But I understand why Snag's ticket... Is the price that it is because think about how many presenters that they're putting on mm-hmm. and paying for the space yeah. and travel and all these other and paying people just to even facilitate the experience for us so it, it started to click a little bit more after this my first experience doing this
1: yeah i mean yeah. so when these things happen obviously as a student when you hear the number to go to snag is i think now they dropped the price which is great i think yeah. it's a great value for students so mm-hmm. that right off the bat I, i'm very happy with yeah right? totally now it's still i believe if i'm not mistaken it's still 175 dollars yeah but the knowledge that that student and the networking the students that they will be getting from this kind of conference yeah is it's huge It's huge, and it's exciting when you're
0: a student. It gives you insight as to like what's happening. Yeah, I mean, my first snag, I was completely overwhelmed and didn't understand most things, but I was still exposed to things, absolutely, which sparked curiosity and made me want to like figure out more and go again and meet people. And
1: and even even for some students, you know, sometimes 175 seems too far fetched for them. They have some other options like the volunteering things like that, which will reduce the cost. Or there's even other symposiums like, you know, the like this one here, the ECU. Yeah, well, I think that's
0: what's great about symposiums that they're regional, so you can go to the ones that are closest to you and make that happen. Because there's like Yuma, right? Which everybody always talks about, but it's in where is that? New Mexico?
1: Uh, Arizona. I don't know. I think it's in Arizona. It's a long ways away. Yeah, but it's like to go there, it's seven hundred dollars for the ticket. Yeah, something like like that.
0: Like I've never gone to Yuma. I don't think I'll ever go unless there's some reason that I'm going being paid invite you or they invite me (laughs) (laughs) then i'll go hey holler at your girl um so i think that makes a little bit more sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it's
1: you, you know again um some some of the students or at least some of us even professionals are like oh maybe I need to save this money to do some more work or family or whatever but we need to keep doing this because number one it's a community that we keep alive we keep we going we gotta
0: touch base with our community right, right. I know so, I've seen so many faces I haven't yeah. seen in so long oh yeah
1: yeah, well, yeah I, I mean I've been coming to ECU for the last three years I came the first time oh wow I loved it uh, you know obviously they give you lunch the two days that you're oh, yeah, here. You're, so that's yeah, you're getting you know, fed too in that ticket. It. Yeah, that's Even a lot if of the money. the ticket is $88, you said, or whatever, yeah. $90. If you're gonna eat lunch two days, Take away at least thirty bucks. So you're actually paying fifty dollars for the whole experience. Which is amazing. Which and then you're going to actually four workshops mm-hmm. that if you're gonna go to any of these workshops anywhere else, you have to pay three, four hundred dollars. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So And I that's mean, not even mentioning the like Keystone Lecture and the Capstone. I don't know what those is that the right yeah. terms. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> got this yeah um yeah no so it's like it's a lot of bang for your buck but i i think i needed to be on, on this side to kind of fully appreciate that yes yes you know I mean,
1: initially like again us as students or when i was a student i was like oh i'm not working too much like what am i gonna get the money i trust trust me i understand that yeah but you have to make the money for it you have to do your best to come in whether if you're a student or a professional because
0: It just kind of reinvigorates you too. Yes. And I also, I mean, now I have so much more um, respect, not even that, like just gratitude towards people who are presenting because now I understand like they're investing a lot on their end just to be a presenter. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are getting compensated, but it's never a crazy amount because if it was, then the tickets to attend would be crazy and vice versa, you know, like it's all a balance. Right. I would do this again in a heartbeat because I love my community and Good. I love giving back to it. Yeah.
1: but yeah, Same here. I yeah. mean, you know, honestly, uh, I think I mentioned that I did the presentation at uh, Touchstone, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From that presentation, they loved me so much. They approached me like, would you do a workshop with us?
0: See? Yeah. So, like, fringe benefits. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: sure. I paid whatever the amount. I think even Touchstone is not really expensive, but I think I paid like $100. Dollars or whatever. It's $90 for three days, including breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um I got it I got from it a five day work workshop that I'm gonna be teaching in summer. Yeah. Make sure to sign up. Yeah,
0: touchstone. Hey, it's
1: touchstone. We'll put
0: there. their website in the yes. description of the podcast. I yeah. love the shameless self promotion. Oh, Good job. I am yeah, such yeah. an advocate for it. Yeah. You know, I do want to rewind for a minute though, because you did the Visiting Artist Gig for free. I get that. Like, Mm -hmm. I totally get where you're coming. But actually, my bread and butter, like, I've been like, if any university asks you to do it for a Visiting Artist Gig, because they usually pay pretty well, actually, in my experience.
1: Yes. yeah. And I know a little bit about that because when I was a graduate, I actually invited uh, multiple or couple artists to come in and talk. Yeah, you get, like, a budget for it, right? and I can talk to you about that if you want a little bit where... Um we paid um I think the school paid upward to eighteen hundred dollars. Oh
0: yeah. I now, got a thousand bucks when I was like unknown right. to go so, do my first gig. And
1: every now here's the thing. Every school is different. Now I've yeah. noticed for instance some schools they barely have no budget. <clears throat> yeah. So you come in. I mean, if you're gonna bring anyone, they have to be local and it might be like two, three, maybe $400, right? Which yeah, is barely fine. gonna cover anything. Uh, but typically when you have a budget of 15 to 2,000 or you know whatever that range is, um, usually they end up bringing the visiting artists for two to three days where they do also portfolio reviews. Yeah. They actually, you know, they they do a presentation demo mm-hmm. and I've, actually hosted a couple of them where the poor visiting artists like they will be worked out like a dog i mean yeah. it's just you it's, get you get your bang for your oh pop. yeah they yeah. absolutely i mean the yeah. university does get their money back but
0: i'm working yeah. with the university which i haven't looked at my contract close enough to see if there's a non-disclosure thing in it you guys i do do my homework and check that. I can talk about this things, um, but with them, I'm really, they're kind of the best paying one I've had yet where they're gonna pay for my flight, they'll book my ticket so I don't have to for, like, you know, pay for it myself in and then advance, get reimbursed because yeah. ugh, that's hard. Um, I am choosing to stay with the instructor because mm-hmm. they're friends of mine, so that saves them money on their end. Yep. I don't know if that gives more in my pocket, but yep. whatever. Yep. Um, but it, I think I'm getting 1,400, yeah. Okay. And that will be like a lecture and then, like, a workshop. Yeah. Podcasting. Yeah. We're going to figure that out. Nice. And they're also open to it. But I think it was something where if I wanted to do, like, a two-day workshop, it would have been, like, 1800 I can't remember. But I'm blown away by that. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money just for, like flying out there to do it
1: yeah and it's really interesting i mean it's it's fun to do i mean you would meet new people you will do the demo you will show the students new experience new techniques in working with jewelry or whatever you know so it's it's a lot of fun
0: and you oh god yeah and the students that's like the best part i you know i've never i'm not an academic i don't have a degree i've never wanted to be a teacher but i do love visiting artist gigs because it kind of reminds me of the like, I don't want to be a mom either. I just want to be that cool aunt yeah. that shows up with the cool okay. toys and then yeah, like pieces yeah. out when Absolutely. they get cranky and need a nap. Yep. Um. So visiting artist gigs kind of feel like that for me. And here, uh, I did a visiting artist gig at Winthrop University outside of Charlotte. Okay. So a lot of those students are here and I've gotten to see them and it's been a couple years. Yeah. And one of like the grads, I was like, oh my God, like gave him a big hug. Like... Just the fact that they remembered me or they were like, hey, we're excited to see you again. I mean, I remember
1: remember from my own experience when I was a BFA, one of the first influencer as a visiting artist, believe it or not, guess who it was? Who, who, who? Tom Muir.
0: Oh, weird. Which, you
1: know, at that time, I've never in a million years imagined that I will. He'd be be your mentor. Right. Yeah. And he. You know, at that time, I think Phil brought him in and he showed us, like, some of his uh, teapots or the teapots that he makes. Guys, Tom Muir, look him up.
0: He's been on the cover of Metalsmith Magazine, like, ten times, something uh, ridiculous.
1: two or three times, something like that. (laughs) I'm over-exaggerating, but it's a lot to even be on it more than once. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of these things where, like, he comes in, I was like, you know, and, like, i you know, was so inspired by his work and so on. Yeah. And what, uh, 2006, 2006, 10 years later, <clears throat> I'm there, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm mentoring under. Full under, circle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's
0: special. Yeah. As, I mean, that's the other thing I think about with this experience is like, there's somebody in this room that I'm going to talk to tomorrow that might go on to become a podcaster or it's just an interesting it's, it's fulfilling and valuable in a way that I never thought that I would care about even, you know, like getting to connect with somebody and maybe influencing and having an impact positively on Mm -hmm. their career. Yep. So that's like another fringe benefit, but you know, at the end of the day, those heartfelt moments aren't going to pay the
1: bills. So you do need to get compensated, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like they're wonderful, but like pay me. Yeah. I mean, eventually, like, I mean, honestly, even right now, uh, I'm, you know, I'm still, if somebody asked me and it's close or whatever, yeah, but I, you know, eventually when you are out there and you're known and you, now you, your time is a little bit more valuable, you're going to have to be compensated or else you're going to yeah. say, no, I'm going to have to pass. I'm working on that because yeah. I, what I
0: didn't expect about the podcast, which is a great thing is people are wanting me to come speak and do professional practices and things like that. And I think that's going to be a way where I do monetize the podcast in a way I didn't anticipate. But for me, I think I need to figure out what my time is really worth absolutely, and what these are experiences are worth because I can't keep taking off work and going to do things like this because that that's my vacation time from work, right? Like I'm my fun times are actually work. On. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think for myself, I'm really going to have to think about that and start understanding if the experiences or opportunities are worth it. Um, but right now I'm just happy to say yes, because yeah, I've, I'm, I'm excited and I'll take, I'll take anything. Hey, now, get at I me understand. guys. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> www.perceivedvaluepodcast.com. <laughs> but I think I might put like a tab on my website too, about like, if you want me to speak or in public engagements or something like that and like disclose like what my going rate is. right? So it at least gives it like a negotiating yeah. spot. Yeah,
1: I'll always work with people, you yeah. know,
0: like, but you gotta have a bottom line or something.
1: Yeah. 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 Eventually. Yes, you do. I mean, this is what I tell my students. Um, you know, some students would ask like, how much would you price this? I was like, how much do you like to get paid per hour? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Then they would say Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, like 10 bucks. I was like, great, how many hours it took you to make this? And they were like, five hours, so that's 50 bucks there. How much material? And then they were like, I don't know, whatever, let's say 20 bucks, right? So that's $70 right there.
0: And also, who the hell wants to actually get paid only $10 an hour? Well, for I mean, I don't think anybody would, but yeah, I know arbitrary number, but at some I'm like, point, right? but hey, guys, <laughs> say lo- say higher, <laughs> at least twenty. Yeah. Um, well, Michael, it has been so lovely getting to talk to you. Same here. Um, I just really wanted to speak with somebody that could relate to this like new, like chapter of my career I'm entering in, where I get to like go and talk to people and get yeah. paid for it. It's really Absolutely. bizarre. Um. But yeah, good luck with Snag. I'll be there. I'm going to Snag. Um, so I hopefully will not miss your 15-minute demonstration. You better not. You, That's all I'm, I'm going to say. I am so, I'm so <laughs> bad at Snag. I get there and then I just get really overwhelmed and then I leave.
1: I'm going to call you out when I'm on oh the podium. You're like, Sarah Rachel <laughs> Brown, please stand up.
0: No, Just just checking that you're here. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm definitely going to be there. Um, and for you guys that are out there thinking about going, I'm definitely going to put some... In- information about the snag conference and michael coming up in the description of the podcast um and you know we did talk about those student scholarships or volunteer opportunities for reduced tickets that stuff like fills up pretty immediately yeah Yeah, i think
1: yeah they need to get on it right away yeah Yeah.
0: so if you don't have the money to actually go you need to look at snags website right now and Mm -hmm. find out when they're releasing or the opening to be able to sign up to do those things cause um, yeah. it's first come first served and they go quick. Yeah. Yep. Well, Michael, we need to get to, we're missing out on some lectures guys. So we need to like shut this down. But before we go, is there anything you wanted to mention? Did I forget anything? No, no. No. We plugged that. your yeah. talk at Snag. Yeah. We plugged your t- um, workshop this summer at
1: Touchstone.
0: Yes. Um, what's your website, social media? Where are My you? My
1: website is www.nashif which is my last name Mm -hmm. designs.com okay and my Instagram handle is nashif my last name first letter M Mm mm-hmm and that's it so nashif M um find him on social media y'all
0: and you know me I'm gonna put this on the website and I will put it on the description of the podcast as well so you don't have to pay attention too much all right Well, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you for being so open. You're welcome, Sarah. My pleasure. All right, everyone. This has been another episode of Perceived Value, the podcast broaching the subject of value with artists. Until next time. Perceived Value is recorded and produced by me, Sarah Rachel Brown. If you love the podcast and you want to show your support, become our patron visit patreon.com/proceedvalue to learn more or check out our website at proceedvaluepodcast.com and click on the support page as always thank you for listening